God's people with your host, Dennis Beard. We're talking about the work of the ministry. And of course, in the last days, there's a ceiling going on now. And it entails the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is a strange work, bringing to pass the exact is strange act. Judgment, God is laying to the line and righteousness to the plummet. And that goes, that judgment to the line is that horizontal, which is what we do from each other down here, brotherly love and charity one toward another. And that's the Christ in you going from brotherly kindness to charity. Then we have the righteousness as a plummet that goes from uh, the plummet that goes from the height to the depth. So judgment to the line, righteousness to the plummet. What he's doing there in Isaiah 28, and it's work of the ministry, Ephesians 4:11, on is simply measuring the house of God, measuring the temple of God, measuring uh, the body of Christ. We find this in Revelation that there, John says, there was a reed likened to a rod given unto me, saying, Rise, measure the temple of God. We're all going to be measured. What? No, you're not. Your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God there in your bodies with offering the calves or lips. Praises unto God. Well, we know we're a royal priesthood. We know we're a chosen generation. We're living epistles. Well, that's the temple. Measure the temple of God and the altar, Revelation 11.1. 1. The altar is not only our prayer, the prayers of the saints, but also is a sacrificial life that you put up on the altar in Revelation 12.1. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for you is. Well, that's on the altar. Uh, you, you place your bodies as a living sacrifice. Well, measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. Now, the worshipers, there are two criteria. To be a true worshiper, you must worship God in spirit and in truth. Now, charity is the final growth in glory in the body of Christ, and it rejoices in the truth. It does not have any pleasure in unrighteousness. It rejoices in the truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So it's sanctification by the Holy Ghost in the word of God, leading us and guiding us into all truth. And there takes a, on our end, a renewed mind, totally renewal of our mind. It's the mind of Christ. That work of the ministry that God is doing now, we find that in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, that after we have become an overcomer in the second and third chapter of Revelation, 
then there is a higher glory even still. In Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, we see visions of the throne room. You see in Revelation 4, verse 1, that John said there that there was a door open in heaven and a voice of a trumpet, not a cornet or flute or harp, Zach Bolshelter or dulcimer, but a trumpet, a clarion call, the trumpet of the clarion call of the voice of God. And that door was opened. Now Jesus stands at the door and knocks. And if any man will hear my voice and open the door, we have to hear the voice of God in order to receive and go into him and suffer with him and he with us. That's to the believers. Well, that door was open in heaven. It is after an overcomer in Revelation, the second and third chapter. And the word of God is strong in you, young men, and you've overcome the wicked one. Then you find out in Revelation 4 that there was a door open in heaven. And John said, I heard a voice as of a trumpet talking with me, saying, come up hither. That's not a rapture. Because he said, I'm going to show you things. It's a revelation. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, and signified it by his angel unto John. John is now revealing that to us in Revelation 4 in the throne room. Not just a Pentecostal revelation in the outer court or in the sanctuary in the church, not altar burnt offering or labor, repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus, not just partaking of the word of God, going into the sanctuary where we receive the Holy Ghost, that's a Pentecostal reign. And it has down the south side, that it's our schoolmaster in Christ, we have this, the candlestick, 22 knops of bowls, they're feeding the seven lamps. And on each of the branches, six branches, three on either side of the shamash, the servant branch, and being seven-branched candlestick, the menorah. And on each branch, there's three knops of bowls with a half egg of beaten olive oil in each one to feed the lamp. And that's a beaten olive oil. But we're going into within the veil where there will be the golden oil through the sons of oil, through the olive trees, which is a higher level of glory, not a beaten olive oil. That goes higher than that in the Pentecostal realm into tabernaclist. Therefore, in that, in that sanctuary, in the holy place, which is the Pentecostal, coming out of the world there in the outer court, being repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, going and receiving the Holy Ghost. Then we go into the sanctuary, which is in the, in the uh, holy place or the sanctuary. We have three articles of furniture there. On the south side, we have that candlestick. And on the north side, we have 
the table of shewbread with 12 loaves and two rows, six in each row of the 12 loaves of shewbread, shewbread, which is face bread before God, and then the altar of incense, the golden censer. Now on the day of atonement, the Yom Kippur, you take the altar of incense, the golden censer of it, and go within the veil into a higher level of glory. And that's what John's seeing. He's going into the throne room, seeing visions of God, Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, verse 1. Now, where we are currently is in the Pentecostal former reign, going now into the latter reign of the Holy Ghost, and very few are listening and hearing what the voice of the Spirit is saying to the churches. They are literally thinking, well, we're still in a Pentecostal reign, that reign of the Holy Ghost and Pentecost, and that's where it's going to be until the Lord returns. That is just not so. We have to go up higher in him in the last season, which is tabernacles, the season of tabernacles, which is the Feast of Trumpets, the young, the Rosh Hashanah, then Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, and then the Feast of Tabernacles, the feast that is Sukkot. Well, we, and there in the Pentecostal, we saw, we saw that happening given to us in Acts, the second chapter. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one mind, one accord in the upper room. Suddenly came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind and cloven tongues of fire appeared and sat on each one of them. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave the utterance. Then we're going into a new thing at that point in the former reign. And they said, pricked in their heart, what must we do? Acts 2.37. Peter, having the keys to the kingdom, said, repent. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, born of the water, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit, for the promises unto you, to, the, to them that are far off, as many as the Lord or God shall call. That is the beginning, the embryonic church age in Pentecost, Pentecostals. But then after a long season, in the Pentecostal season, we come to tabernacles. And that is in the seventh month, Tishri. And in that seventh month, we're going to have the Feast of Tabernacles. That Feast of Tabernacles is going to have, in that season of Tabernacles, three feasts. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Before that, we're going to have, before the return of the Lord, we're going to have that Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah. And it was brought in by two witnesses. They're saying that we see in Revelation 11. And it was not just an automatic one that they had two witnesses, two witnesses that would literally see the time in the tissue of that new moon and reported back that it was declared to be the Feast of Trumpets of Rosh Hashanah. The Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of the new year. It's a new thing. It's a new wine. It's a thing that God will do. And the great thing, the last great reign of his strength. 
And that's where we are now. We entered into it now and we're late in receiving it because very few have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Unfortunately, God will get our attention, thank God, and give us shaking there that we will awake out of our sleep, our drunkards, and how, because the new wine is cut off from us. It's an indictment against the ministry. And that we, the true, will come into the new thing that God is doing, the latter reign of the Holy Ghost, not the former reign, the latter reign. And that is the new thing, the new wine that God is doing now to those that have an ear to hear what God is saying to the churches, what the Spirit is saying. Well, that is, uh, we're come out of the world with penance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, receiving the Holy Ghost. Then we go into that church age, that sanctuary. And during that time, there's three articles of furniture. We have on the south side, we have the candlestick, the menorah, the candlestick. It has a shamash, a servant branch. It touches the floor, and it's higher than all the other branches. It's lower and higher than all the other. And the other three branches on each side, or six branches, flow in the shamash, the servant branch. And we are in that vine. Jesus is the vine, we're the branches. And we can do nothing except we abide in that vine. The shamash, the servant branch, obviously, is the Lord. And there, in that servant branch, we have four knops of bowls that feed the lamp on that center shamash, which is higher than the other lamps on the candlestick. Now, the candlestick is a beaten work of gold. On each of the six branches, three on either side of the shamash, the servant branch, we have three knops of bowls on each branch, which is a total of 18 knops of bowls on the branches, plus four in the center branch, the shamash, the servant branch, will give us 22 knops of bowls, which is the number of light, which is the number of the Hebrew abecedary from the Aloth to the top, that being the number of light. And there we see that the candlestick having seven lamps there of a beaten olive oil, a half egg of a beaten olive oil there, of which is lit, and it stays lit there, being the fire of the Holy Ghost and the oil being the truth of the Word of God that we have in the candlestick that shows light over against the table of shewbread. The table is a ministry. The shewbread is the good Word of God. This is the face bread before our Lord Jesus Christ. Then we look at the golden censer, the altar of incense. And the altar of incense, of course, is the prayers of the saints. The shewbread is a good word of God. And the Holy Ghost is the light that leads us into it all. And that being where we have been for over 2,000 years are two days. For a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Now we're going into and we're in the third day. Well, 
What does that mean? It means we're going out of a season into a new season, a new thing, in a new wine, in a thing that God will do. And he says, I will do a new thing. It's a latter rain. A woman shall compass a man. He also said, I will do a new thing, though if a man tell it, yet they will not believe because the spirit of the world is in their heart that they would not know the work of God from the beginning to the ending. Therefore, we're going within the veil into the season of tabernacles. That, of course, we have bonus to enter in within the veil now, but the experiential, the experiential going to that last season of tabernacles, that last season of engathering all things together in one, which a mystery of is the mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. So there was a reed likened to a rod given unto John saying, rise, measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court, which is without measure it not because the rod of God is not upon the head of the wicked. And the holy city shall be trodden underfoot 42 months. Time, times and a half, three and a half years, a thousand two hundred three score days. That's the fulfilling of the last end of the week of Jesus. Jesus was cut off in the midst of the week. And in the midst of the week, he caused the sacrifice and oblation to cease. And for that reason, there in the midst of the week, he was cut off, but not for himself. Isaiah said, and who shall declare his generation? Who's going to declare the generation of Jesus, the generation of Christ? The generation shall be counted for the seed. The seed, that Christ's seed, will be counted for the generation. And Jesus said, this generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. The generation he's talking about is the Christ generation. And that's the reason why in Matthew 1, in the genealogy of Jesus Christ, there are 42 generations. And uh, it goes 14 generations from Abraham uh, uh, to David. Then another 14 generations from David to the carrying away into Babylon. Then another 13 generations to Jesus, uh, of whom is called Christ, 14th generation. So Jesus... 13th generation, there are the 41st generation. There, who is called Christ, is not only him, but the body of Christ, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that work of the ministry is in and through the body of Christ in the last days as the Son of Man. In the Son of Man, Revelation is a kingdom office, which is the knowledge of the Word of God. Those are the fathers. We know that in 1 John 2, 12 through 14, that John says in his epistle, I write unto you fathers, because you have known him that's from the beginning. I have written unto you fathers, because you've known him that's from the beginning. That's the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. The things are the things of faith, the eternal things. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. And that is that revelation 
in all things is given to the fathers, not the babies, not the little children, not the young men, but the fathers. And at that time, John is seeing in Revelation 4, verse 1, taking us into a higher revelation, not in the sanctuary, but into heaven itself, just as Ezekiel did. Very important. Because in the 30th year of Ezekiel, the son of Buzi, yeah, that priesthood, it was in that 30th year that the age of 30, the high priest takes his office. And it's that 30th year that Ezekiel sees uh, visions of God for the heaven is open. Well, when Jesus reached 30 years of age, baptized of John and Jordan, the heavens were open to him as a man in our stead, as our propitiation. And uh, that heavens that opened to him, and then there came the Holy Ghost in the form of a dove and abode upon Jesus. He is the Holy Ghost. God giveth not the Spirit by measuring to him from the, from the womb, not the tomb. He's always been God and always will be God. But what does it let us know? It means that Jesus started his ministry at age 30 and was crucified, and three and a half years later, in the midst of the week cut off, there remains another three and a half years to fulfill the week and confirm the covenant, the holy covenant, with many for one week. There remains another three and a half year Jesus ministry, the work of the ministry, Ephesians 4.11, uh, Ephesians 4.11 on. And that's where we are now, but we're running behind because we're in the third day now. We're in 2021. And if Jesus was born 3 BC, actually 2024, and we're lagging behind, therefore the Lord will get our attention. How will he do it? Well, just like he always has done with judgment. Hebrews uh, tells us that we are uh, to leave the first principles of the doctrine of Christ and forget them, leave them. Therefore, the first principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. But very few is going on. Most of them do not believe they are to go on to perfection. They don't know that they're called for the perfecting of the saints through their five-fold ministry, apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. And those are the ones that will be for the work of the ministry. But they have to be perfected, full-grown, in order to preach this everlasting gospel all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. And he that endureth the end, the saints will be saved. So we're late in receiving the word. God will do a work then through judgment. He will wake us up. And that in Hosea 6, verse 1, says, Come and let us return to the Lord, for he hath torn, he will heal us. It's God doing in his sovereignty. He has smitten, he will bind us up. After the second day, he will revive us. We're well past the second day. And in the third day, where we are now, he will raise us up and we will live in his sight. If we follow him to know the Lord, his going forth, is prepared as the morning. Now the night cometh and also the morning. The night is weeping and endureth for a night. It's darkness. Now darkness upon all the people. But he comes forth as in the morning, the morning star. There 
If we fall on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he will come to us, the parousia. I'm not talking about the second advent. I'm talking about the former and latter rain, according to Hosea 6, 4. 3 and 4, he'll come to us if we follow him to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning, and he will come to us. What is that coming? The parousia. Just like he did in Pentecost in the former rain, he's going to come again in the latter rain before the second advent in a great work of God. Now, some will say, well, all things have been prepared and there's nothing else to be done. Oh, yes, there is. There's a great work in this gospel being preached in all the world for a witness in all nations. And then the end will come. Somebody said the gospel's already been preached. No, not the Jesus only doctrine of Christ in truth. Very, very few even know it. And there is a remnant of our seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus that will come forth. And the one sealed that will be for the work of the ministry. And God's doing it now for those that have an ear to hear. So he said, if we fall on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. He will come to us. No doubt about it. As the rain, former and latter rain in the first month. The last great rain of his strength is not in the Pentecostal Shabbat. It is in Tishri and Tabernacles. And as he does there, it is the latter rain, the former rain. These in uh, there after he's come to scatter the power of the holy people in that season of Pentecost, Acts 8 chapter, there were there was great persecution against the church, and there abode only the apostles in Jerusalem. Well, where was the church? The saints were scattered abroad whenever we're preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. Not one verse. They, they preached and taught the whole kingdom of God. And it said, these that have turned the world upside down have come to our city also. That's a former rain, a moderate rain. But now, right now, God is causing to come down the last great rain, the great thing that he'll do, the new thing, the new wine that he'll do now to those that have an ear. And he's sealing those right now by his word that has an ear to hear and, uh, and will obey that word and receive it and obey it. That's what he's doing now. It is a far higher glory. So at that point in Zechariah 10, 1, he said, ask you of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, which is now. So the Lord will make bright clouds, send forth showers to every one grass in the field. But it's a time when the man child is birthed and the heavens will be open to it. We see John. He's bringing us into the heavenly realm in the throne room revelation not sanctuary, not Pentecostal revelation, throne room revelation, much higher. And he said, there was a door open to me, that door in heaven. It's bringing us into, into the actual throne room of God. We're seeing visions of God, just like Ezekiel did. And Ezekiel saw the heavens opened and a fire enfolding itself. And then there came out four living creatures, the same we see in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. They same exact 
living creatures, the Zoe. Those are the beasts. And we find that these are the cherubim there in Revelation 4, lion, man, calf, and eagle that we see in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10. And Ezekiel says, these are the cherubim, Ezekiel 10, that I saw by the river Kibar. One and the same, not angels. These have the appearance of a man. They come out of a fire enfolding itself and have an appearance of a man. It's a change, a great change from Pentecostal to tabernaclist. And we find the same in Zechariah 3. The ones called by the name of Jesus, Joshua, is there before the Lord. He's in that throne room. John's there. A door open to him. A voice of a trumpet saying, come up hither. Where? The throne room of God. And I will show you things. You will see things that will come to pass hereafter. Now, this is 1992 A.D. that John's on the Isle of Patmos. And he says, I'll show you things that will come to pass hereafter. And then he sees four and 20 seats in, he in heaven. And then four and 20 elders. And before the throne, he sees four beasts. Lion, man, calf, and eagle. The same that Ezekiel sees in Ezekiel 1. The heavens were open. Ezekiel saw coming out of the fire, enfolding itself, the appearance of a man. And they had their four faces and their four wings. And each one of them had their four faces. And each one had the face of a lion. And each one of them had their four faces, that of a man, ox, and eagle. These are as the brightness of heaven. These are as the stars that he holds in his hand in Revelation 2. The stars of the seven angels to the seven churches. So it is a time of the new thing. That voice of a trumpet talking with me. Why a trumpet? Because everything God does in a new thing, he will do nothing save he shows it to his servants, the prophets. Who's that? I'm not talking about Old Testament prophets. God in Sunday times and divers manners spake unto the fathers in the Old Testament by the prophets. Hath in these last days spoken to us by his son. It's a voice of the son of God. It's the voice of the Holy ghost. It's the voice of Christ, the voice of God. And those that hear will be prepared for the sealing that he's doing now, not going to, but is now by simply receiving the word of God and obeying it and being ready and a vessel meet for the master's use for the work of the ministry preaching this gospel of the kingdom to all the world for a witness in all nations. Then it'll be a new thing. And that is the height, depth, length, and width that he will lay judgment to the lion. That is the length and width of Christ. It's all, all the judgments for one thing, that all may know him from the least to the greatest, that you may know that I am God, that I am the Lord your God. It's a revelation of Jesus. It's not to destroy mankind. It is to reveal his self, his name, his glory, his dignity, his honor, his majesty to all. And he said, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal. I, the Lord, do all these things. 
Shall there be evil in the city, and now the Lord God hath not done it? That's sovereignty of God. Most don't even know that. They think, oh, well, the devil did that. No, the devil didn't do that. God has his way in the wind and in the whirlwind. The nation that forgets God, he said, I'll turn it into hell. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. You sow to the wind, you'll reap the whirlwind. That's a law. That is the law that whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Very simple. Well, right now, the people that do know their God are being sealed. They know that throne room revelation. They know that four and 20 seats, they can see that revelation, not in, not in the, the Pentecostal Shabbat, but they're seeing it in the Sukkoth, in that new season, in that new wine, in within the veil, this new thing that God is doing. They see that in that throne before the throne, four and 20 seats and four and 20 elders. They're seeing the four beasts before that throne. They have eyes before and behind, the eyes of revelation. That's the aim. That's the 16th letter in the Hebrew ABC theory, which is the fountain of life. It is the knowledges of God. Before and behind, things before, that is, they hate coming out of their treasure, things both old and new. They are the ones that have the revelation of Jesus Christ. They know these things that must shortly come to pass, which is the spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus. The spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus, given to us as prophets in the body of Christ, not an office of prophets, but prophecy, the more sure word of prophecy, that we all may know, not only read, but keep the sayings of the book of this prophecy by the spirit of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus. That is the faith that was once delivered to the saints that God is now giving to those that have an ear to hear. He's doing it now. We're in that season now. We're not in Pentecostal season. We have gone into the season of tabernacles. We're we're in that in the heavenly realm. We're in that new thing that God is doing. And oh, that they were wise that they understood their latter end to the law, the law of the spirit of life. And to the testimony, the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, the faith that was once delivered to the saints, knowing these things that must shortly come to pass. Oh, that they were wise that they understood their latter end to the law, to the testimony, the testimony of Jesus. If any man speak not according to this word, it is, but there is because there is no light in them. I didn't say it. The Lord said it. It's time for us to stir ourselves up. Woe be to them that are at ease in Zion. God said, I'll search Jerusalem with candles and punish all them that are settled on their leaves. We have to walk in the light as he's in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, but we've got to be walking in present truth and the proceeding word of God, which man shall live by every word that proceeded. Present truth out of the mouth of God. And it's flowing right now. We'll cover these in the podcast. Tune in. If the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God's bearing witness with your spirit, contact us. God's bringing his body into one. We've had many of you 
and all over Africa, India. And not only that, some in Australia and New Zealand that have come in and said, we believe this word and we're, and we're working with you. Those of you, you feel the Spirit of God, contact us. We'd love to hear you. Hear from you. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or drop me a message if you have a question. We'd love to hear from you. We'll try to answer them the best of our ability as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. That goes to our website, sealinggodspeople.org or sealinggodspeople.com or dennisbeard.org. We'd love to hear from you. Those of you that are uh, supporting us with your prayers and financial support, we thank you for that because that's the only way we stay on these podcasts and keep it coming to you. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.